Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers, I'm Kieran and I'm joined by the one and only Matty D. That's right, I ride through the galaxy, doing quests, stealing stuff, and the main character's father- What? (laughs) We don't talk about that on the show. And the main character's father was Planet- actually main characters. But if you didn't want to know that, then you shouldn't be listening to the show because that is a spoiler that we're orbiting. That's exactly right. That's what we do on this show. And this week, we're here to predict the plot of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Yes, we are. The third and final installment in the Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy, what they're now calling the Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy. Before it was up in the air, they're like, who knows how many movies there'll be? (laughs) But they definitively said time and time again, yep, this is going to be the last one. This is the last time we're going to see a lot of these characters. Yep. So, I hope you liked it, folks. Contracts are up. People are sick of it. Yes. We're moving on. That's exactly right. So, this movie is a movie that, if you're listening to this episode, so it's currently in cinemas. Of course, as is standard, we record all of our episodes in advance. So the movie has not been released at this point. There's been no information. There's been no official leaks at this point about what's going to happen in this movie. So Maddie D and I are going in completely blind. We're teaming up to predict this plot together. Just on this show today, stick around because we're going to try and predict everything that's going to happen in this new Guardians of the Galaxy movie just off the top of our heads with almost no prior knowledge. If you're not familiar with the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise, I suppose, the first time that the Guardians of the Galaxy appeared in a Marvel comic book was in Marvel Super Heroes issue 18, all the way back in 1969. Now, if you picked up an issue of Guardians of the Galaxy from the 60s, you probably wouldn't even recognize it as a Guardians of the Galaxy comic book because the roster of Guardians at that point was 100% different to how it is now. In fact, I think Yondu was one of the Guardians of the Galaxy at that point. There you go. And he, the only similarities there is between him in the movies to him in the comic books is that he has a mohawk and he actually wielded a bow and arrow. Yeah, he had a bow and arrow, right? He didn't have yeah, a magic right. arrow. That was something in the movies. That's right. And he was red instead of blue, I believe. So he was red with a red mohawk. Comic books were a lot more sort of crude back in those days. When I say crude, I mean, I don't mean like, oh, it was just full of dick jokes. It's not like an episode of Potential Spoilers. <laughs> no, it's it was more sort of, uh, what's the word? Um, Rougher. Yeah, it was, a, it was a bit primitive. more rough, primitive. Yeah, uh, I couldn't think of like a- Pulpy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the, the drawings were a lot simpler. And so, I was looking at this original issue and I was just like, wow, it's uh, we've come a long way in comic books. Very like basic colors. So, every panel is just like bright green or bright red or bright blue. And the characters were very simple designs. But yeah, the Guardians as we know them today first appeared in Annihilation Conquest 6. All the way back in 2008, so not that long ago. Only eight years before the movie came out. Crazy. So, I believe there's a team of Guardians as well called the Annihilators. I could be wrong. Do you know anything about this, Matty D? You don't? Okay. So, I've heard rumours that the Annihilators are actually going to appear in this movie, but since neither of us know anything about them, who's in the team, whatever, it's probably something we can completely skip over. (laughs) So, the initial roster, not the original 1969 roster, so the the roster back in 2008 included Star-Lord, Rocket Raccoon, Groot, Firevel, Gamora, Drax the Destroyer, and Adam Warlock. Weirdly enough, two villains appeared in the roster back then, so who knows what happens there. I've never read any of the comic books aside from a superfluous quick glance over them for this show. And uh, of course, the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie was released in 2014 and was followed up by a sequel, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, in 2017. And there was also two Guardians of the Galaxy video games that I'm aware of. There was the Guardians of the Galaxy A Telltale series back in 2017, completely unrelated to any of the movies. 
It was just uh, based on the comic books, really. And Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, which came out in 2021, which is closer related to the movies, but uh, I've never played it's, it. It's it's a little different, right? Yeah, it's slightly different. I think they don't have the rights to any of the actors, so they look a little bit sort right. of like the home brand version of <laughs> the movie characters. Again, haven't played the game, so I don't know too much about it. From what I understand, it's one of those games where, like, everyone plays. It's a multiplayer game. Yeah, everyone plays right. as a separate character, well, a separate Guardians character, going up against waves of enemies, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think so. Sort of like Left 4 Dead. Does that sound right? You don't, so. you don't seem like somebody who's played any no, of the games I, either. I, my brother, I think, uh, downloaded the game, and he said it was good for a period of time. But it's one of those games that's fun to play for a day. Yes, and then exactly. Nobody, nobody's playing it the next no. day. They're on to the next thing. Exactly. So, what is your history with Guardians of the Galaxy, Maddie D? Sure. So, I remember when this movie first, when the first movie was about to come out, and I had no idea. I never heard about Guardians of the Galaxy right. at all. And I consulted a friend of mine who's really into Marvel. I said, who are these characters? Because everyone was looking at the trailer for the first movie and was just like, what the hell is this? Yes. This and isn't going to be good. This was at a time where Marvel was at a really high place. Mm. But took itself- This was post-Original Avengers as yeah, well. Yeah, it sort of took itself- a- It's only two years after Avengers. Yeah, that's right. It, it, it t- sort of still took itself kind of seriously at this stage. And so, my friend explained to me who the cast was and explained that there's a talking raccoon, explained that there's a talking tree. And I was just like, how are they going to make this happen? I, I don't see it. Because we were having masterpieces at this time, like uh, Thor The Dark World <laughs> and uh, Iron Man 3. But Marvel still had enough good graces that people were forgiving a lot of those movies. Okay. So, this movie came out. Um, it was very, very popular. I loved As it. As in the first. The first one, Guardians. Yes, the okay. first Guardians. I, th- I was like, this is fresh. This is new. This is fun. I enjoyed it. It kind of steered the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe in a different direction, I feel. The second one I remember watching in cinemas, I thought that was fun as well. That was a good time, a little long in the tooth, but but it was all right. And yeah, for this show, I've watched the Christmas special, which is- um, it's it's a th- it's a thing, okay. Yeah, it's a thing. What's I didn't even mention the Christmas special in my notes. So the Christmas special came out last year at Christmas time, obviously. Yeah, they steal Kevin Bacon. That's yeah, okay. the whole. The whole From what show. I understand, they return to Earth in some regard, uh, kidnap Kevin Bacon, and try and give Peter Quill slash Star Lord mm. the perfect Christmas. Yeah, I haven't seen it, obviously, but you have. <laughs> Yes, that's pretty much the extent of it. So, from what I understand, the only thing that carries over from that special to this movie is now we have Swole Groot. Yes. Which I don't, it just looks like an unfinished effect to me. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. I don't know what your thoughts on Swole Groot are. It's fine. Okay. Is it CGI or is it a man in a costume helped out with CGI? That's what I want to know. I think it's CGI. It looks like a man in a costume with a CGI head to me. Is it Vin Diesel in a costume? I could be Vin Diesel in a costume. That'd be great. I know they just wanted to go for a different design, but it just looks- Weird to me. It just looks like an adult version of Baby Groot. Yeah, well, I don't know. He's supposed to be like a little bit more grown up, and I think you got to make him look different to the original Groot. That kind Why? of this. Well, because it's a different Groot. I guess so. I guess it's sort of like his son rather yeah. than the same character. Yeah, exactly. I- it's a different person. Yeah, or a different creature, I suppose. Yeah, that makes sense. And I kind of, I like, kind of like it. Why it- did they keep the baby features? Why couldn't he have like more adult features in his face? He's still a young Groot, though, right? I guess isn't, so. Isn't this Groot supposed to be? I don't know. In his like. He's already gone through his adolescent stage, so isn't he like- Yeah, I think he's like a young adult. Yeah, he's like 20s or whatever, whereas the Groot from the first movie was like an old man. Let's not forget that it's been- When did uh, Avengers Endgame take place? That was 2018? Yeah. So, it's been a hand- Well, it's been more than a handful of years. And then we've got the blip as well. I think we're- The what? What, That time jump. What did you call it? I called it the blip. What's it actually called? It is the blip. I thought you said the blimp. (laughs) And I was like, there was no blimp in the Marvel Universe. One of my predictions, Kieran, is that there's going to be a blimp. Indiana Jones. No ticket. Anyway- (laughs) 
So that was your whole history with yeah, uh, no, I've, the Galaxy. I've, what were your thoughts on the Christmas special? Uh, it, was, it was. I didn't like it. Uh, but okay. It was just. It was just a filler. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, the other important thing is that we found out that uh, Mantis and oh, that's uh, right, are brother and sister. I think. Yeah, the half the, half sister. Yeah, main half brother half, half sister. Si- half brother half sister. But yeah, they got no, the same father. I've I've kind of always enjoyed the Indiana Jones esque, um, Star Wars esque kind of fun that these movies bring. I think it's you know a third movie okay. is a good time to sort of call it. Uh, I think yeah, fair enough. Choice. So I'm. I'm I'm excited. I thought the trailers looked really badass, so I'm pumped. Okay. Well, what about you, you? What's your history? So, Guardians of the Galaxy was never a movie that I wanted to see. It was at the point where I was just like, all right, I think I'm done with these Marvel movies. And they the weren't being. done with you, sir. Yeah, no. You decided then, to do a movie podcast so, in the depths of it all. So, good old Matty D of all people was just like, man, you've got to see this Guardians of the Galaxy movie. It's really good. And I was just like, all right, if I get around to it, I'll see it. And uh-huh. then my girlfriend at the time went and saw the movie and she really liked it. And she was just like, oh, I really like that Guardians of the Galaxy movie. She was listening to the soundtrack the whole time. Yeah. Another friend of ours was just like, Kieran, you've got to go see this Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy movie. It's got a really great 80s soundtrack. And I was just like, 80s soundtrack? It sounds like all the songs are from the 70s to me. And they are. <laughs> this guy had no idea what he was talking about. And so I was like, all right, I'll watch the movie. And I watched it. I was like, oh, it was okay. Didn't love it. Yep. I thought the soundtrack was okay. Yep. Again, didn't love it. Had no desire to see any other Guardians of the Galaxy movie. So I, I haven't seen any other Guardians of the Galaxy movie until this one, obviously. And the trailers don't look bad. Doesn't look like something I'm interested in, to be perfectly honest. Not being the big superhero fan on this show. It just looks like every other movie that Marvel has released in the last couple of years. It looks too much like um, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania to me. So, I'm, I'm very cautious having seen that <laughs> You've movie. You've been burned before. Well, I never was the big superhero guy. And it's just these last couple of movies have proven that I'm still not the superhero yep. guy. They're not changing my opinion on this franchise. Well, this might be the movie that does it. Yeah. This might r- no. I'm a fan of James Gunn. You know, the Suicide Squad was a good time. Yeah, so, if it's anything like that, which obviously with Disney behind the reins, it's never going to be exactly the same as that. But from what I understand, Disney have said, uh, you can you can essentially do whatever you want, well, Mr. I mean, James yeah. Gunn. Because so it's the last movie, so he kind of has free reign. It's not, it doesn't need to tie into anything. And they really want to the get future. him back in their good books. <laughs> so we'll talk about it in a second. Yeah. But yeah, I did actually play the first chapter of Guardians of the Galaxy a Telltale series, the almost completely unrelated video game series that came out in 2017. Uh, I didn't think much of that either, to be perfectly honest. So I never played the full game. Yeah, Telltale games are like hit and miss. I think yeah. there are few ones that are good. It's got a set opinion. format that works for some games and then doesn't work for other games. And this was a circumstance where it didn't work for whatever they were trying to do. And you and I grew up with the point and click genre. So we expect more yeah. from those kind of games. Oh, yeah, I absolutely. Think, and they can be quite lazy. I think if you're not playing it felt very much Walking like a Dead cash grab. or Wolf Amongst Us, you're kind of, yeah. Tales from Monkey Island. Tales from Monkey Island is also really, well. Sam and Max. <laughs> we could just sit here talking about Telltale <laughs> games now. Well, the Sam and Max and Monkey Island were a little different to the, like, you know, the Telltale games where, like, it's decision-based storytelling. Yeah. Their action-based games generally don't work. Yeah. Because the foundation of the- We're not here to talk about anyway, Telltale wait, wait, games. Let's move on. So, let's talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. So, this movie has been in development since 2017. But was delayed, of course, when director James Gunn was fired by Disney. <laughs> Do you remember this story? Yes, of course. What happened? What happened in your memory? I can't remember. <laughs> I just oh, said wow. yes. Okay, so there's too many things going on. He was just obligatorily, <laughs> automatically saying yes without thinking. All right. So, some people dug up some old tweets of James Gunn. So, I think there were tweets from oh, back that's in right. like 
the really early days of yeah, Twitter. It was back- controversial, like joking around on. Yeah, Twitter, and then they got him cancelled. I think it's important to point out that he was joking around. He was talking about, I think, sexually assaulting like some some child, which of course is never really like great grounds for comedy. But like he was always known for his shock humor, James Gunn. If you've ever watched any of his early movies, in fact, if you've ever watched any of his movies outside Guardians of the Galaxy, he's known for like shock humor. And he got his start in trauma movies. If you're familiar with the whole trauma universe, that's Toxic Avenger, Secret Agent Kabuki Man, all of those movies. The first movie ever made was Tromeo and Juliet, which, oh man. If your sensibilities are very sensitive, don't watch Tromeo and Juliet, for Christ's sake. (laughs) But yeah, that's where he got his start. So I'm not surprised that some of his early tweets were controversial. But of course, he was coming from a place where he was joking around. It's his sort of humor. It's typically what he sort of writes about in his scripts. So yeah, they dug up these really old tweets and then took them to Disney and they're like, hey, Disney, what's going on with your director here? And then of course, they just instantly fired him without a second thought. And then, of course, this caused a huge backlash from the fans. And while he was fired from Disney, James Gunn was instantly hired by DC. They're like, quick, come over to this <laughs> side. You could, we can do whatever you want. Just make whatever movie you want. You can do movie, TV show. Just take the franchise and run with it. And he was just like, sure, I'll take over the whole thing. So now James Gunn is the head of creative at DC. And he's in charge of, like, shaping their whole universe at the moment. Yeah, good luck. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, fearing fan backlash, Disney rehired James Gunn back in 2019, but at the time he was too busy working on The Suicide Squad, which of course we've covered on this show, and the Peacemaker TV series, so he had to finish working on those before he could start working on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, and of course all his original concepts that he came up with back in 2017, he could no longer use due to the events of Infinity War and Endgame where they killed off one of his characters, Gamora. Yeah, so it's important to note that, yeah, Gamora died, but then she's back, but it's a younger version of Yeah, her, it's her like, from, from the past. Timeline. Yeah, yeah. her from the past. So it's- she, so the whole relationship they built with Peter Quill doesn't exist. That's right. All that groundwork, all that chemistry, all that. Yeah. And everything basically he was setting up for at the end of the second movie, from what I understand, was really thrown out the window because now he has to completely change the, the character dynamics yeah. and the direction that the story's going. So he wasn't happy about that at all. Yeah. Well, He's well, like, because he was be. fired, they didn't even consult him about it because Disney were like, oh, we're going to get in somebody else to do Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, so it doesn't matter what we do with these characters. Mm. I really didn't like that, by the way, because like, that whole movie ended up being a punchline where he gets like kicked in the nads. Yeah, exactly. like- just shitting on your characters now. Well, it wasn't their characters. The Russo brothers weren't concerned about James Gunn's characters when they wrote that movie. They're like, who cares? It's someone else's problem in the future. So they really like made a mess of this movie. And so, as I already pointed out, it has been officially announced that this is the final installment of the Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy. And most of the actors have said they're not returning for another Marvel movie. The only actor who was like still had his hand up and was keen was, of course, Chris Pratt. <laughs> really, Chris yes. Pratt was. Yeah, Chris Pratt was just like, I'm still, I'm still sticking around, guys. If you'll have me. Oh, I thought his voice but he'll, work was yeah. here to take. <laughs> he's going to be so busy voicing every animated character. Oh, in that history dude is now. set because you know they're going to make 15 Mario movies. Yeah, he's fine. <laughs> yes, I think he's just like a work whore. He's just like a, a money whore. He's just like do anything that oh, yeah. they'll ask him it's to working do. Working for him at the moment. Yeah, I so. guess so. I guess so. So, what do we know about this new movie so far? So, so far, there's about three four, three or four trailers. Um, a bunch of clips have been released, too, if yeah. you watch those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. None of them were helpful. <laughs> no, no. It's it's a lot of, like, slow music and action scenes. It's Standard trailers. very, very dramatic. You say they look badass. I think they look cut and dry. <laughs> oh, I, I think they look like, oh, they've got a formula for how they do trailers, and uh, they've got a formula for how they do Marvel movies. I'm like, oh, it's certainly following that. <laughs> I, I kind of like it. I, I, I get a kick out of it, even what though I can see- What did you like see, about it? I, I, the, the I'm a sucker. 
Yeah, that's what I like the about it. The overuse of CGI or slow motion action scenes. I like the slow motion action scenes, the slow motion music. And there's a bit of me that's still a kid that's still like, you know, there and enjoys that sort of stuff, even though I know it's sort of ham-fisted. But yeah, so from these trailers, uh, we can see that the Guardians are back again. Um, they're on a mission that I cannot identify through these trailers. They're going to fight it's this a new- tough one. This new big bad that's uh, being introduced in this movie that kind of seems like a lot of their older big bads, but- A high evolutionary. Yes. Who does not at all look very similar to Kang the Conqueror. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's right. But it's something that I found really interesting in, in the promotional material is they're going to be delving into Rocket's past. There's been a clip release with uh, Rocket and other animals that speak, that yeah, show the, his- the genetically altered animals. Yeah, that show his backstory. So, that's going to be- So, from what I understand, Rocket tied. Raccoon was a regular raccoon and then he was genetically altered to be sort of human-esque. Yeah, so this bad guy is sort of experimenting and trying to create different species and stuff. And I think yeah. that's where Ra- Rocket Raccoon comes from. But yeah, a lot of like flying around, uh, there's- Stuff blowing up. Yeah, the relationship between Gamora and Star-Lord is being uh, explored. I don't know yeah. if there'll be a romance. A I think there won't be. That's my call. Yeah. But, uh, From yeah. what I understand, I don't think there is going to be a, a relationship. Well, we, we don't know. We, this is something that we're going to have to work out this episode. Yeah, we see I them, think I'm with you there. Yeah, we see them being scavengers in nowhere. So, yeah, so a lot of, a lot of typical Guardians of the Galaxy It stuff. would be a better story if they didn't have a romance, to be perfectly honest. Well, I think he's going to have a romance with Blue Girl. That's what I thought too. Well, there we're on the same page. Yeah, well, interesting. Okay. Also, yeah, we got to talk about who's dying in this movie eventually because I think there's going to be a few of those. But well, yeah. I don't know about that, to be perfectly honest. I'll kill them all. Yeah, well, yeah. That's well, that's <laughs> the I movie so. just ends with them blowing up. I think we need a real- And then everyone laughs. Toy Story 3 ending where they actually go into the incinerator. Okay. That'd be fucking so sick. What they didn't do in Toy Story 3. Yep. Okay. I can't see that happening at all, Matty D. If you're James Gunn, why wouldn't you? Because I think he likes these characters too much, and I don't think- No one else can use them. Kill them off. Yeah, I don't think Disney would want him to just get rid of a whole handful of characters that they could potentially use again. Even though the actors aren't coming back, they can still use the characters. Yeah. So, would you like to hear the official synopsis for this movie? Yes. Now, I actually did a bit of digging for this one, Matty, because I found two different synopsises- Really? From Disney- So, I found their original synopsis that they released, and then they have changed, for some reason on the official website, they've changed the synopsis and omitted details. They've taken stuff out. And I was just like, oh, interesting. What did you take out? And I had a look, and I was like, ah, that's why they took that out. So, this is the original uncensored Disney official description. I haven't seen this. This is exciting. So, it goes, in Marvel Studios, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, our beloved band of misfits are settling into life on Nowhere. Yep. Nowhere, of course, was that big uh, head, yeah, that the celestial big, head yeah, that big from Eternals heads. that they live in where there's a city in it. <laughs> it's kind of like a yeah, village sort of thing. A village? Yeah, it's kind of so like- like little huts and tribes people No, there. no, no, no. I, it's uh, a city. It, yeah, well, it's like, it's like one of those like- It's like a spaceport city. Yeah. It's like Tatooine, basically. Yeah. There you go, from Star Wars. <laughs> nice. But it isn't long before their lives are upended by the echoes of Rocket's turbulent past. Peter Quill, still reeling from the loss of Gamora, must rally his team around him on a dangerous mission to save Rocket's life. A mission that, if not completed successfully, could quite possibly lead to the end of the Guardians as we know them. And that was Disney's official statement all the way back in January, which they've since changed. What have they taken out? They've removed all the references to Rocket. Right. So, if they've just said one of the team instead of Rocket. So, it's Rocket. So, it's Rocket. Okay, that's that's a little more helpful. I think we could have- yes. We could have probably guessed that anyway, but... Yeah. Okay. So, it's interesting because uh, it's it sounds like they've changed it to try and make it more ambiguous to what the movie's about. But from this original description, I've sort of worked out, okay, something's happened to Rocket 
It doesn't look like he's been kidnapped because he's there with them for most of the movie, but something's happening to him that they need to circumvent. Yeah. And they're going back to essentially his creator to either prevent it from happening or do something. Because initially I thought, oh, he's been kidnapped by his original creator to continue the work that he's doing. But then when I looked at all the, the promotional material and read that synopsis, I'm like, well, that's not quite the case. I can't see that happening in any of the material because he's with them the whole time. So, he clearly hasn't been kidnapped. Yeah. So, something has happened to him or something is happening to him. I mean, what exactly that is, we're going to have to work it out. Could, it could be a real replicant situation where Rocket's going to die. Like, his time yeah. clock is ticking or whatever. It could be. It could be. Yeah, I just, I don't know the specifics, but yeah, that's just something we're going to have to work out. So, because we've teamed up to do this episode, this plot prediction together, as we go through the cast, I think it's important to focus on who the characters are rather than, you know, what the actors have done and what we think their impact in the movie is going to be. Just a standard thing that we do in all of our team up episodes. So, let's get into who these characters are, who we're going to see in this movie. So, returning as the character of Peter Quill slash Star-Lord is Chris Pratt, Super Mario himself. Yep. He took a break from his busy voice acting schedule to come in and do this movie. So, Peter Quill slash Star-Lord. So, from what I know from the previous movie, my research into the previous movie, turned out his dad was a, a celestial, a planet, yes. a, 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 a god of sorts, basically, called Ego, who was played by Kurt Russell. Uh-huh. How does that change his character? I guess that gives him superpowers in some regard. Yes, it does. I think it also like just answered questions about his own... Origin. Origin, his own backstory, and I think I think it's a more mature Peter Quill, but I guess we'll see, because I think he's going to still have a lot of- well, He's always been the goofball Funny character. lines, yeah. Yeah. So, every Marvel movie has tried to be Guardians of the Galaxy since Guardians of the Galaxy, so I think Peter Quill has really shaped what their idea of what their lead hero should be, mm. which is sort of like the goofy, dorky, but still capable- yeah. bumbling hero, which how many times have we seen that in movies these days? So many. My brain just automatically goes to Ryan Reynolds where that's every one of his characters <laughs> now. Peter Parker. Uh, yeah, well, Peter Parker was almost always that. Yeah. But yeah, so he, I think this is going to be a story about him getting his self-confidence back. Sure. I mean, life did not- like, It's going to be a real Shazam, Fury of the yeah. Gods situation where he's questioning his leadership and then he's finally coming back to being a confident leader again. Because yeah. I was reading in the pre-release material that he's not a confident leader- and this movie is going to be a journey into him becoming like a real leader again. Yeah. Well, he lost or his- Or maybe even leaving the Guardians altogether. Who yeah, knows? Maybe. He lost his love. Uh, That's he- right. He- Gamora he- was killed in Infinity War. He really messed up with- in Avengers. He was a real idiot. Portrayed as a real idiot during those yes. movies. So- Everyone blamed him for the whole Thanos yeah. slap in yes. the first place. Yes. So-, so, he's got a lot to prove, I think. Yeah. We see him like drunk in a bar in this movie. So, obviously, he's got a lot on his mind. And yeah, he seems very determined in a lot of the clips and uh, trailers as well. So, obviously, he's a man on a mission. Mm. Has a depression beard as well. Yeah, seems that way. So, next up, playing the character of Gamora is Zoe Saldana, Corsnay Tiri from the Avatar movies. Yes. Great to see her back. So, she is a different Gamora, as we've already said. So, she, uh, uh, the original Gamora was killed by Thanos. Of course, Gamora and Nebula are Thanos's daughters. Thanos chucked Gamora over a cliff because <laughs> he had to kill the thing that he cared about most. And then apparently just out of nowhere, he suddenly realized, oh, I care about Gamora of all people more than anything else in the world. It could have been the other Infinity Stones that he could have chucked <laughs> over. No, like that would defeat the purpose, but whatever. But yeah, in order to get the Soul Stone, in order to complete his uh, Thanos gauntlet, yeah, his Infinity Stones gauntlet. But uh, yeah, so they, in a, in a move that is very interesting, in fact, they even pointed out how silly it is in this movie, everybody else got to come back except for Gamora. <laughs> Peter Quill in one scene is just like, it's amazing how everyone else got brought back to life, but there was no way we could actually bring back Gamora. <laughs> 
And so instead, this Gamora is still somewhat evil, still somewhat of a of a what would you call it? She lacks her an the, anti-hero. Yeah. She lacks the empathy that she had. So she started off movies. this way in the first movie, but then of course through her journeys with the Guardians, grew into the character that we knew, the one that was killed off. And now this is back to default, still yes. somewhat evil daughter of Thanos. So she's like been highly trained. She's very aggressive. She's not emotional. So she's completely she's different character to the one that we knew in the previous movies. Yes. So yeah, she's very much hard edged, the same way Nebula used to be. Mm-hmm. But even now, Nebula has softened to yeah, the Guardians. Def- definitely. So yeah, I think it's gonna. They're going to explore the sister relationship, but also Peter Quill is going to be Star Lord is going to be trying to hit on Gamora through most of this movie, and it will not be going well. No, and we're both of the opinion that they're not going to end. The movie's not going to end with them resolving their differences, and it's no. n- and they're not going to get back together. No, and she's definitely going to die. Well, you think she's going to die? Yes. Okay. Well, why? I think a lot of people are going to die. Why? I, as I said, I don't think there's any reason to kill any of these characters off. I think she's going to sacrifice herself for Nebula in some way. Why does she care about Nebula? She shows no no interest in Nebula the, in this movie that's whatsoever. That's the point. They're sisters, right? They had this competitive relationship where they hated each other. So, like, one sacrifice. So, she's going to die a second time. Is Thanos going to get a second, like, Infinity Stone <laughs> out of it? <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we could discuss it, but that was just my- So, I'm of the opinion that none of these characters are going to die. And you're of the opinion that most of them are going to die. Yeah. How are we going to resolve this conflict? All right. Well, let's, yeah, we'll, we'll discuss it. Because I can't see any story reason as to why they would die. And I can't see why James Gunn would kill any of them off or why Disney would want him to kill any of them off. Hmm. When in the last movies have they permanently killed off any of the characters? I mean, Black Widow, sure, but, you know, they're done with her. <laughs> I guess for dramatic effect, if nothing else. So you've got no actual story reason for them to be killed off. You're just saying, oh, because their contracts are up, they have to die. Yeah. <laughs> let's not forget they didn't kill off Captain America. That is His true. contract was up. That's true. I and think they may I'm going to stay well firm with this one. Maybe we'll say, pick one character to okay. kill off. We'll pick one character to kill off. Maybe it's Gamora, but like I said, I just can't well, see them killing off if it's one character, then it's going to be Drax. Okay, I think I'm with you there. I think I could totally see that happening. He'll because die, I know but- Dave Bautista has said a hundred times that he has no interest <laughs> in returning to the Marvel Universe. So, yeah. So, speak of the devil, next character I wanted to talk about playing Drax the Destroyer is Dave Bautista. Good old, uh, what's his name from Knock at the Cabin? Yeah, what was his name in Knock at the Cabin? Stranger number one. It was like Winston or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. Well, I can't remember. Who cares? We love Dave on this show. So, Drax the Destroyer, he's very much a sort of one-note comedy character who has his moments of heart. Yeah. Comic relief character is what I'd say. Big brute, doesn't pick up on social cues. Yeah. So, his point is he doesn't understand sarcasm or metaphors or similes or anything like that. So, he takes everything literally. Mm. And that's a joke that they've carried for four (laughs) movies now. But yeah, he's not a bad character. I always kind of liked him in that first movie. He's a standout in these movies. Yeah, he's in all of those. He was he's, he was also in Thor: Love and Thunder. Let's not forget the last time we actually spoke about these characters was in Thor: Love and Thunder, only a handful of months ago. Mm. So they're continuing their journey on from that movie. If you'd seen that movie, you'd know what happens with them. I did not, <laughs> and you're in it. That's, <laughs> and the I'm most, in it. that's the most disgraceful part. <laughs> Matty D's in the movie, still hasn't seen it. <laughs> no. Just couldn't be bothered. <laughs> I will, I will say it. It's, it's, it's just- funny because you always say like, oh, this movie looks pretty good. I'm excited to say it just won't say it. <laughs> I know so I, I have c- to I say it. I can be like, oh. I know I have to say it. Eventually. You'll have to see it when you absolutely have to for this show, but you like have no desire or want to actually go and say, you talk a big game about these movies looking fun. No actual express desire going and seeing <laughs> them when they come out. Well, Kieran, you, you didn't paint it in a very positive light when you went and watched that movie. Thor, Love and Thunder. Yeah. No, I was like, this one guy at the start, <laughs> this one extra really ruined the whole mood of the whole movie. I heard he was a standout. <laughs> so anyway, going back to Drax, Drax the Destroyer. Uh, he looks like he's very much sort of taking a back seat in this movie. I think so, yeah. It's very much uh, Star-Lord's movie from the looks of it. Rocket Raccoon or as Rocket, well. Or Rocket, yeah. Yeah. 
So next up, playing the character of Nebula, another sort of backseat character, if you ask me, <laughs> is Karen Gillan. Of course, Ruby Roundhouse from uh, Jumanji, yes. which we've talked about before. Uh, I think we've talked about her as Nebula more than we've talked about her as any other character, Karen Gillan, that is. Uh, now, she, of course, was a sidekick of Thanos, daughter of Thanos, in fact, came over to the good side in uh, Infinity War. No, Endgame. So, she was like the uh, unpopular daughter for Thanos. The That's right. Two. So, she has like- The unloved daughter. Yes. From what we understand, she's mostly a robot because of Thanos. He would torture her and swap out her body parts with uh, robotic body he parts. He made her compete with Gamora and she would always lose. So, she yes. would always get these robotic parts to better herself. Be better than yeah. her sister, yeah. So, yeah. And from what it looks like in the trailer, it looks like uh, Nebula has a bit of a soft spot for good old Star-Lord. And it looks like it may be vice versa as well. I think it will be. That's something I'm reading into it. But whether they go anywhere with it, I I, I don't know if that will happen. It might be just suggested. It might be just a running gag that they have through the whole movie. Maybe. Could be something bigger. We're going to have to discuss it. So, next up playing the character of Mantis is Pom Clementif. So, Mantis is a character I'm not really familiar with. Of course, I've seen her in a couple of movies now, but from what I understand, she was working with Ego. Yes. And she has, like, mind control powers. Yeah. So, she touches people and she can change their moods. She can influence how people feels, feel about things. So, they when they kidnap Kevin Bacon, they, like, she was able to okay. make him okay with that. Because can- I remember she had Thanos' head and was uh, putting him in, like, a stupor in Infinity War. Mm-hmm. When they were trying to defeat him the first time. Yeah, she can put people to sleep. Yeah, she could imp- impact their emotions. That's her thing. As a character, she's like very innocent and wide-eyed and she has a really strong relationship with Drax. Not so much a romantic relationship, but more like a buddy relationship, which I think yeah. they can carry over in this movie. Yeah, they seem to be best buddies. Cause- yeah, they've got a, com- a comedic uh, like relationship. Yeah, because they're both sort of very naive people. Yes. And so- they they work together as comic like a comic duo. They're both the the comic relief. Yes, they are. She's kind of got a cute factor about her. Yeah, that's right. In these movies. So speaking of playing the character of Groot, returning as Groot is Vin Diesel. Of course, he's voicing Groot. Now, one of our favorite actors on this show, Bloodshot himself. Oh God. So I actually believe. I don't know if this is true. This is just complete yes. wild speculation that this Groot, Swole Groot, is literally just Dwayne. Dwayne not just not Dwayne. Johnson. Imagine if Dwayne came in to voice Groot. Oh man, <laughs> Vin Diesel wearing a costume with a CGI sort of mask on. You think so? It looks that way. I have no idea why else they would design the character this way. He wanted to be in the movie, so they gave him, yeah. the, you know, the, the suit. He wanted an appearance fee rather than just a voice acting fee. <laughs> Did you know that's something they do? If a character appears in voice only, they pay them a, a hell of a lot less than they do if they actually physically appear. Really? With good old Pedro Pascal in The Mandalorian, they wanted to pay him a voice actor's salary just because we don't physically see Pedro Pascal appear on screen. But he's in the suit. But he's in the suit. Yeah. And he takes the helmet off sometimes, right? Yeah, like he, he's done it twice in the whole show. But um, wow. there's only two episodes where we see his face wow. out of three seasons. Okay. But yeah, Disney were like, oh, can we pay you less? <gasps> That's so bad. One of their biggest shows, the thing that they make the most money from, they wanted to pay their lead actor, oh. voice actor salary, which just goes to show you what scumbags they are at the end of the day. They make all this money and they're just like, can we want to keep it all and not pay anybody. <laughs> we're not like certainly not paying the effects team. Sleep on our huge pile of gold and not share it with anybody. Yeah, because I'm looking at the effects in this movie and I'm like, what's going on? with Disney these days. They used to have all the money in the world for effects, but now it's just like, let's give the effects team, like the the sweatshop effects team over in uh, China, (laughs) 20 bucks to do like a million dollar effects movie. Yeah. You can do it, kiddo. (laughs) Yeah, we'll pay you in fame. 
just like a musician yeah, in a it's, bar. It's credit, yeah. Let's it's exposure. Move Let's move on. So Groot is just there to be the muscle. That's all we need to say about him. Yep. I can't see a lot of character development going on for a character who can only say one thing. So next up, probably going to be one of the main characters in this movie. One of the main focuses on this movie, playing the character of Rocket Raccoon, is Bradley Cooper. So from what we understand, this movie is going to very largely explore Rocket Raccoon's backstory in an almost Book of Boba-esque way, (laughs) where we're going to be, the movie's going to be intercut with almost, in a way, childhood flashbacks, a staple of all movies these days, (laughs) especially Marvel ones. I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned that, because I think that's how it's going to start, but yes. I think it's going to happen all the way through the movie. Yeah, you're definitely right. Couldn't you see it happening that way? So we're going to be jumping back and forth in time, so we're going to see a little bit of his history here, we're going to go back to the main story, we're going to have another bit of his history here, we're going to go back to the main story. We don't have to do our plot in that order, but that's just how I think they're going to present it in the movie. I I agree. I agree. Because that's something they just do all the time now. Like I said, the Book of Boba was a great sort of (laughs) the first example that came to mind. So, we're going to be fed his backstory piecemeal. So, by the time we're up to the final conflict, we're filled in on the whole story and we have like a full backstory for Rocket, which was only ever just sort of brought up casually. Almost yeah. as a joke in the previous movies. Well, yeah, it, it, it seemed like there was a dark backstory that he had. I, I, yeah, I definitely think it's going to be made for the tears, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally makes sense. Everything I'm seeing in the pre-release material is saying that. Yeah. So, playing the character of Craiglin Obfonteri, and as well as young Rocket, is Sean Gunn. <laughs> Jeez, I wonder how he got the role in these movies. <laughs> He auditioned, uh, obviously. Yeah, of course, he's James Gunn's younger brother, and he's in all of his movies, so no surprise there. He's been in it since, I think, Tromeo and Juliet. He's been in James Gunn's works. Of course, Craglin is a member of the Guardians. I don't know how he became a member of the Guardians. When did he come over from the Ravages? Well, he kind of took over Yondu's position, right? That's right. He has the Mohawk now, right? That's right. He's second in command now of the Ravages, because Gamora is now the leader of the Ravages. Right, right. You didn't know that? When did that happen? It was reading the pre-release material for this movie. I read it. Well, there you go. And it's also, Sick. if you look at the photos on IMDb, she's like leading up the ravages. Well, that makes sense. I don't think so this you guy's- didn't know that. So, what did you think Gamora was doing oh, in this movie? Hanging out? What, with the Guardians? Like she was in all of the other movies. Oh, wait, no, she never was. She <laughs> <laughs> just didn't think that through at all. No, not at all. But I don't think this guy's- I wish be- we'd done separate plots. <laughs> I think we would have had completely different plots. Yeah, you're most likely right. All right, so Craglin. Yeah, I don't think he's doing a lot in this movie. No, he's certainly not appearing on a lot of the trailers. He just seems to be there out of obligation, really. Yeah, pretty much. He probably just comes along to help out Gamora. Yeah. Because he's the second in command. He'll be the the second guy to Gamora. And he'll look after the- And don't forget, he's voicing young Rocket as well. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, cool. I said that before. Must have missed that bit. Yeah. So, if you notice in the clips with young Rocket, he has a completely different voice. Yeah. He is actually the actor who plays- Voice acting fee as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, he, get, he he's going to get both. He's going to double dip. Yeah, yeah. No. But maybe they're like, would you rather the voice actor fee or like the <laughs> the uh, cameo sort of uh, background character fee? Which would you prefer? Oh, they're about the same. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Which is bigger? Neither. Uh, now, he's actually the guy who physically plays Rocket Raccoon in all of these movies. He's the guy who wears the motion capture suit. Yeah. So, this is his first time actually voicing and physically playing Rocket Raccoon at the same time. Sick. So, good old Bradley Cooper, he's sitting there not having to spend a single day on set. He's just in a voice booth the whole time, getting paid Mandalorian dollars. So, yeah, I think we've already said as much as we can about good yeah. old Craglin. So, next up, playing the uh, character of the High Evolutionary, who, of course, was a character that was mentioned in the previous movies, but we never saw, is Chokudi Iwuji. I'm sorry if I butchered that name, but it's a difficult name. I think it's a Nigerian name. We've seen him, Chokudi, before in Peacemaker. He was one of the main characters in the Peacemaker TV series. It's not something we covered on this show, but it was connected to the Suicide Squad. So, in a loose way, it's in our universe. And he was also in John Wick Chapter 2. 
don't ask me who he played in that because <laughs> I don't remember that movie. So the high evolutionary, from what we understand, he is the villain of this movie. Very much just looks like a stand-in for Krang. Not Krang. I've done it again. Kang the Conqueror. Yeah. He could be an alternate version of Kang the Conqueror, but, you know, that's a stretch. Yeah. I don't don't think James Gunn is tying in that whole Kang the Conqueror thing into this whole storyline. He doesn't need to, and I don't think he will. No. Um, This seems like a character that is creating a master race. Have we ever seen that before? Very original. Um, I'm getting so sick, by the way, of- Marvel movies? Actors, or just like- Marvel talking about their villains as Shakespearean villains. Yeah, I saw that as well. <laughs> because so, that's how this guy is. Shugudi, uh, again, I don't know if that's how you say his name, but it's probably as close as I'm going to get, has said like, oh, he really sees it as a really Shakespearean-esque villain. But every it's never that. It, they're always yeah. just stock standard forgettable villains. They always say it's a Shakespearean villain and it's like a villain you've never seen before. But I'm yes. not seeing that it's in like this Bond trailer. girls. Like every Bond girl says that she's not like other Bond girls, but they always <laughs> say that. <laughs> So he's he. They say he's charming. He's very affable. Sure, but I mean they all are. They all are. He looks exactly the same as every other villain we've seen before. To the point where Peter Quill in one scene is just like, "I've heard this speech a thousand times before. What you're saying is not new." Yeah, that's you're fit. just another guy who's trying to conquer the universe, not conquer, improve. What is it that he says? Uh, yeah, he says something like that. He he wants to make the world better. The universe, not the world. Oh, the universe. He's not yeah. conquering the world. He's already done that. <laughs> So, next up, playing the character of Adam Warlock, who's basically going to be the secondary villain in this movie, is Will Poulter. Yes. From Maze Runner. Yes. He's the eyebrows guy. The eyebrows guy. But no, he doesn't like to be called that. He doesn't like to be called eyebrows no. guy? Why? <laughs> he hates being known as the eyebrows guy. He hates being called Sid Phillips from Toy Story. But everybody, who, when you say eyebrows guy, everyone knows, oh, the guy from Meet the Millers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he hates that. He hates that. So many people bully him online for his eyebrows. Oh, poor guy. Poor guy with his fat Marvel contract and his ripped body is getting upset. Yeah, he literally went out. He he went out and got super buff, and everyone was just like, oh my God, he's compensating for the eyebrows. (laughs) Look at eyebrows guy. (laughs) Eyebrows guy's ripped. We were so bad. But yeah, he went out and got a huge, like, new big physique. And everyone was like, why has he done this? And then, of course, when it was revealed that he's playing Adam Warlock, they're like, oh, of course, he's in a Marvel movie. He has to be super muscular. That Marvel diet and regime. Yeah, exactly. So, Adam Warlock, from what I understand, he was created at the end of the second Guardians of the Galaxy movie by a character known as uh, Aisha or the Commissioner. What was that character? I can't remember. But yeah, something like that. He was introduced then. Can you explain? You've seen the movie. The second movie? Yeah. I can't remember what happened in the second movie. (laughs) What good are you then? You might as well just leave. I can just do this by myself. So, he was was with the Sovereign, who were these gold- Sovereign, that's it. That was what I was thinking of. Not Commission. uh, They- they're kind of like this unfeeling, rational race of beings. So, what were their role in the second movie? Oh, I'm trying to remember. Wow, I must think- have had a huge impact on you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Must have been a very they, memorable they, movie. They came in at the end and I think they helped uh, Star-Lord or Star-Lord came to them for help. Then why are they trying to kill him? Because Adam Warlock was apparently created by the mm. Sovereign to kill the Guardians. Yeah. You have no idea. I have no idea. You have no idea. Wow. Look no. at this. Look at this. No. No. Loves these movies, favorite stand-up <laughs> movies, can't remember a single fucking detail from any of them. So, I have a feeling that he's, uh, you know- He's second fiddle. He's second <laughs> banana. He's the dragon of the movie. Yeah, well, he definitely is. But I think it's going to be, a ca- for this character in particular, I think it's a case of he's just being born into this world. He's very new. They've yes. spoken about this Apparently character- Apparently, he's a giant baby. Yes. And they've spoken about this character having like a traditional superhero origin story, which I know you're a big fan of. So, mm. I think it's going to follow those beats and he's going to like question what he's doing is- Correct. Well, he traditionally is a hero. Yes. 
and I, he'll he's be a villain in this movie. He'll help them at the end of the movie. I, I guess as so. The I, yeah, the I guess you know if the movie is going to be as you know cut and dry as it looks, then I, I guess that's the only logical way it can go, unless he's the one who takes over the uh, the high evolutionary's role as yeah. lead villain. But I can't see that happening. No, I don't think that's going to happen. But yeah, I think I think Sovereign's problem with uh, Star Lord and the Guardians of the Galaxy is just they they represent order and the Guardians represent sort of chaos. If that makes yeah. sense. yeah, so they're they're it doing stuff sense. that they don't want you know to happen. So they're sending off. Well, if they like order, then surely they'd get along well with the High Evolutionary who loves perfection. Yeah. So maybe oh, maybe he'll turn out to be like. The high evolutionary's like assistant, little buddy. <laughs> like he'll be like, you're perfect for what I want. Maybe <laughs> he'll be like a real. Um, oh, what was that character called? Uh, Modok. He'll be like the Modok to Kang the Conqueror. Hopefully, done better. <laughs> oh my god, that movie was terrible. Anyway, um, next up, playing the character of Aisha, also known as the the Sovereign, I believe, mm-hmm. is Elizabeth Debicki, who, of course, we saw in Tenet. She was um, Kenneth Branagh's wife. Yes. But yeah, uh, I don't know anything about this character. From what I understand, she's not really going to be in the movie that much. No, I don't think so. She she's just plays a- the mother figure to Adam Warlock. Yeah, and she's the leader of these people by the, by the yeah. look of it. So. They're leftovers from the previous movie. We don't have to really focus on them. Exposition delivery, I think. Yeah. So we've also got Cosmo the Space Dog, played by Maria Baklava, and Sylvester Stallone is returning as Stakar Ogord. Mm-hmm. Both are, are going to appear in very minor roles, I'm sure. Yes. So we don't really need to, to focus on them. They're going to be cameos, yeah. As is usual, we've spent the entire episode just talking about the characters, the actors, because there are way too many characters in yes. these movies. And the sign of a good movie is just having too many characters, because that just means they can spend time really focusing on specific characters and not... Just wasting time trying to cram, you know, as many storylines in as possible. Oh, wait. That's always how it turns out. <laughs> so, with the time that we've got left, All with right, the 10 minutes that we've got left of this, this episode, what is going to happen in this movie? So, yeah. you reckon it's going to start off with uh, a backstory for Rocket Raccoon. Yep. So, we're going to actually start with young Rocket Raccoon. Yep. As I've said, I, I think this is something we're going to see continual flashbacks throughout the course we of the, the movies. But if we're going to start off with our formula of every movie starting off with a childhood flashback, then I guess it's an ample opportunity to start off with a flashback with Rocket Raccoon. Of course, Rocket Raccoon is not alone in this genetic lab. No, he's got friends. The high evolutionary. He's also got a walrus. He's also got an otter. And he's also got a little rabbit. And so what their names are, there's Teef is the is the walrus. Yeah, right? Teef is the walrus. Lila, Lila is the otter and Floor is the <laughs> rabbit because the rabbit is lying on the floor. <laughs> it's all it knows in the world. So it just says I'm Floor. And I think the scene that we see, and you might disagree with me here, but I think the scene that we that has been leaked is going to be the scene that we start. It's not with. leaked. It was officially released. Well, okay. Well, the scene that we saw. Stop saying official releases <laughs> are leaks because we can't look at leaks. Sure. But I think that scene is going to be what starts the movie off. Do you disagree or do you agree? Um, or do you think they'll yeah, leave that for later? Yeah, for lack of having anything else, I think it would be good to start the movie with that scene because mm-hmm. it's a good backstory for Rocket. It's a good backstory for Lila because I understand that Lila may come back as a some sort of romantic interest for Rocket. Yes. At least by the end of the movie. Yes. Yeah, what else can we say? We're introduced to these characters and their tragic backstory. I think some bad stuff is going to happen to them. Yeah, that will happen later on, but we get the idea of- later on in flashback, of course. Of course, yeah. So, what's going to happen to them? We're going to have to discuss it now. We can't tease it out. Yeah, well, I guess guess it's a good thing to maybe beat out what might happen to them. I I didn't really look into the lore of Rocket Raccoon other than what's in the promotional material for this movie, but Mm. essentially, it sounds like they're going to be animals that are captured. They're going to be having scientific experimentation on them that makes them talk. They're going to become more self-aware than they are. Yeah, that's right. They have a forced evolution. 
put upon them. And I think they're going to sort of- I think the rabbit and the walrus are probably going to die. Yes, I think you're probably right. And I think that they're all going to try to escape at some point and, yes. of course, get sort of separated. I think, yes, that's- Yeah, I think I'm with you 100% because yeah. Rocket is just like, one day I'm going to build a rocket and we can all fly out of here together. So, they're going to think that, you know, you know that their creator- a high evolutionary. The high evolutionary is like good for them, but then realize that he's maybe like experimenting on T4 floor and hurting. I think he's, they're well aware that he's hurting and exploiting them. Yeah. I think that's fairly obvious from this material, given the fact that they want to escape. Yes. Well, I'm just saying that that's something they could like realize during the flashbacks and then they try to escape. Well, I think it's going to be a very traumatic experience for them from the start. Sure. And their only comfort in Solace is each, each other. other. Okay. And then, of like course, that. we had the tragedy in them trying to escape. And, of course, the like I said, Teeth and Flora are probably going to be killed yeah. off. And Lila, it looks like she dies, but then we'll probably have the thing where she comes back as alive later on. And then we'll serve as a love interest for Rocket sure. later on in the movie. Ro- Rocket thinks she's dead. He thinks everybody's dead. Yeah, exactly. Which serves his character as being like, I'm not, I don't trust people anymore. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I like it. Rocket builds something that they escape in, and he yeah, and he like, and for whatever reason, he the, the others can't catch up with him. He has to yeah. leave them, yeah, thinking they're dead or you know needing to escape. Perfect. I like it. Cool. So now we'll get back to modern day, mm-hmm. which I really think is modern day. I think we're up to twenty twenty three in yeah. the MCU. Maybe it's twenty twenty four. We could still be <laughs> yeah. in the future. Who knows? Yeah, I can't keep up with the timeline anymore. It doesn't really matter, right? It's just like it doesn't day, matter as, as it is. Yeah, it doesn't matter. We're, we're in space. In, we're in the past for ages until Endgame. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to be in nowhere. That's where we're going to yeah sort of jump to. So we're going to start off in nowhere where we meet, of course, Star Lord. He's drunk in a bar. They, I think they just sort of hang out in nowhere. From what I understand, this yeah. is like they've become their home now, according to the pre-release material. He's still sad about Gamora, or Gamora as I call her occasionally. <laughs> He's sad about his giant turtle girlfriend. <laughs> and then, of course, Rocket finds him in this bar. He's like, what are you doing? You're still sad about Gamora. Can you get over that? It's been like four or five years. Yes. Since that's happened, surely you're over it by now. Man, I love to. <laughs> Obviously, I think their piece on this on nowhere is going to be interrupted by Adam Warlock, who turns up to kick their asses. Oh, you think he's going to be introduced at this point? Of course, he has to be. Okay. Of course, he's a sideline character with the High Evolutionary being the main villain. So why wouldn't you have the leftover villain from the previous movie come in at the start? Yeah. Introduce us to who we think is going to be our main bad guy. And then, of course, they're going to do an old switcheroo. Uh, okay. It's a standard I, formula. I, I like that. I've seen it in a million superhero movies now. I like that. I was going to- Think about think about Spider-Man 3, Matty D. Yes. Remember how at the end of Spider-Man 2, Harry Osborn transformed into like Green Goblin 2 or Hobgoblin or whatever they call that character. Yep. And it was like said, oh, he's going to be the main villain of the next movie. And then they only introduced him in the first scene and then he got amnesia and was sidelined for most of the movie. <laughs> yes. I can see the exact same thing happening here. So at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy 2, which mind you, I have not seen, they introduce Adam Warlock. He's going to be the next big bad guy. But since we know the high evolutionary is going to be the main focus bad guy of this movie, we have to have our tie up of the, the setup from the previous movie early on. Cool. Because he's not really going to be the main bad guy at the end of this movie. Nope. We have to have this conflict now. He's going to spur on the conflict somehow that gets them on their journey. 
So we know that uh, Nebula has a fight against... Well, we know that all of the Guardians fight against him and he sort of chucks them around. He's got super strength. Mm -hmm. He's a little golden boy. He doesn't really understand anything because he's only like a couple of, what, years old? Yeah. He has the mental equivalency of a three-year-old child. Yep. They're his enemy and that's all he... They keep laughing at his eyebrows and he's like, shut (laughs) up! Shut up! I can't believe he doesn't like that. I would. I think that's like an affectionate name for him. You'd like. You reckon he should double down? Like yes. he should draw on bigger eyebrows? No, no, smaller eyebrows. <laughs> like little tiny <laughs> Nike tick yeah. eyebrows. Yeah. Wow. Like tattoo them on. <laughs> Back to the plot. We haven't right. got time to piss around and all do right, this right. stuff. So this guy attacks him. Yep. In nowhere, he has a uh, rocket in his grasp. Uh-huh. Rocket is rescued by Nebula. Uh, Nebula is chucked around. Groot. Like, lands on top of Adam Warlock. Maybe Star-Lord is knocked out. Maybe Rocket Raccoon is knocked I think Star-Lord's going to be useless in this fight. Yeah. Well, he's drunk. Yes. In fact, we see them carrying his body. Obviously, he's not dead. So, he's either... He's drunk and passed out or has been knocked out by Adam Warlock. Probably been knocked out. So, what is going to happen to Rocket that spurs on this journey that they go on? So, they're obviously going to the high evolutionary for some reason. Yeah. Like you said, it could be a real Blade Runner thing where his time is running out, like he only has a certain number of years. So, maybe he only has like a a raccoon's lifespan. So, he only lives for- I don't know how raccoons live for. If they're anything like dogs, they might live for 14 to 16 years. (laughs) So, maybe his time is up and they're trying to work out how to expand his his lifetime. Maybe Maybe he's injured by Adam Warlock and the only way he can get replacement organs is to- (laughs) Go to the person who created them. That's 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 something that could be the case. But if if Rocket knew if Rocket knew where the High Evolutionary was, wouldn't he have gone to him before for revenge or something like that? I don't know. I know yeah. nothing about this character. I think, in fact, nobody does. Yes, we only knew him from like little snippets of things yeah. Rocket said. So it's not like he was in previous movies. Well, obviously they uh, unless he realizes that Lilith is still alive. Who? The Otter. Lila? Lila, yes. <laughs> Lilith, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then I don't know how that could they could work that in. Because she could be still in his facility as well, for all yes. we know. But then how would he learn that from Adam Warlock? That's my problem. <laughs> like, uh, it's an interesting idea that like his lifespan is coming to an end. Well, and- that's easier. Let's go with that. But I also like the idea of him being injured and then him needing like replacement organs. And like the only way that he could get... Because if he's severely injured... Mm-hmm. Him being, like, unique would mean that there's no real way of... Oh, it's kind of messy, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, he wouldn't need to go to his creator to fix him, hypothetically. No, hypothetically. So, unless, if he needed, like, a new liver or something like that... Unless the high evolutionary... I mean, you wouldn't be able to get a new liver because he's one of a kind. True, true. Okay. So, let's... Okay, so let's say his time is coming to an end for yep. whatever reason. Either, A, he's injured and needs urgent care. There's a virus in him. No, that's too That's too much. Okay. So, either he's he's naturally coming to the end of his lifespan or something's happened during the fight. Because, like I said, Adam Warlock has to spur this on. Yes. Like, because we don't need Adam Warlock there if he's, like, not life. He's naturally coming to an end because this would be a conflict anyway. Yeah. So, it has to be related to something that happened with Adam Warlock. Sure. The only thing I could logically see happening is him getting injured by Adam Warlock. Good, like it. And so, he, in order for them to get him medical care, because if you notice, he's sort of out of the way in the action scenes, but he's still there. Yes. So, the only way that they can get him medical care is to go back to where it all started, the facility where he was created, much to his chagrin. Yep. He doesn't want to go, but the Guardians want to save his life. 
So we see them in some sort of weird, there's sort of like a weird flesh planet in the trailer. Yeah. Did you notice yes, that? Yes, I did. Which is where I thought the movie was going to, it was going to be the first couple of, like, couple of minutes of the movie. But yeah, I don't know what this place is. So from what we see in the trailer, it's some kind of facility. So we see inside it, there's sort of like scientists working there. There's sort of weird organic machinery in it. And we see sort of like what looks like a, a prison break s situation but they can't do that again they did that in the first movie (laughs) so they just can't do the exact same scene again so it's obviously not a prison it's some sort of facility maybe it's sort of like uh i was gonna say maybe it's like a space hospital but again that's kind of a stretch like i said because i'm trying to think of like transplanting organs maybe it's some sort of medical research facility that the high evolutionary has for sort of genetic experiments maybe well, the whole is- planet itself is a giant genetic experiment yeah so maybe maybe it's a flesh planet that they're like kind of we mining see, for stuff we see in one of the clips that they hire gamora to get them into this facility mm-hmm. And his idea, so Star-Lord's idea is they get in and out without being noticed, but then obviously Gamora's too rambunctious for that. Yes. She causes a scene and they end up in a big shootout. So, why are they going there? Yeah, it's got, it's got to be to save Rocket. Maybe they go here with the intention of finding the, the things that they need to save Rocket. Yes. Like the, either the, the parts. So, this is the place where Rocket was experimented on, potentially. Yes. Uh, but the high evolutionary is somewhere else. So, he's okay. not here because we know where he is and we'll get to that in a little bit. So, I have an idea. Mm. We get a flashback. Rocket is having his first escape attempt from, from the facility, facility that he's sure. in. He trips over, he hurts himself, and then <laughs> they take him to this flesh planet and fix him. So, Rocket's like, well, I know they've got stuff here that can help me. Well, if they just do all the genetic experimentation here on him in the first place, then you can skip uh, like a whole awkward beat there and just have it. This is where they gave him his uh, new organs slash pieces, whatever. True. In the first place. Yeah, that's cleaner. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so that's the idea. So, they need to get into this facility in order to access the the machinery and have somebody do the work on Rocket that they need done. Yes. Right? And then when they're in this facility- that's when Rocket finds out that Lila is potentially still alive. Love that, yes. And she's on this place known as Counter-Earth. Yes. Where it's sort of like an Earth where- A perfect version, the high evolutionary's perfect version of Earth, where he keeps all of his uh, creations, essentially, because he's like, well, this is my perfect version he's of utopia, Earth. utopia, yeah. This is utopia. This is where all my characters- My characters. This is where all my <laughs> creations can live in peace and harmony. But yeah, this is potentially where Lila is- and Rocket wants to save Lila. Yeah. Before we jump there, what's going to happen in this facility? So, we know that they they have to go to Gamora for help because they're like, she's the only one who has the, the manpower and the abilities to get us into this place cleanly. Mm-hmm. They, they have to fly in. So, they're like, oh, we're going to go in stealthily. So, they have to go in. Then we're not going to land. We're going to park our spaceship <laughs> far away. Then we're going to put on spaceships. So, we go down to the planet's surface, sneak into the facility, uh, you know, force somebody to do the operation that we need. And then, of course- Gamora wants to go in guns blazing, but Peter Quill doesn't want that. Mm-hmm. And they might trip something up or even. There might be a yeah. fuck up that happens. Yeah, of course, we alarms. see that there's a fuck up. And I, we see that uh, Drax is injured as well. Looks like he gets shot in the scene as well and they have to get him out of there. Yeah. They have to help him out. Yeah. But he's not gravely injured yeah. from the looks of it because he's in still in the rest of the trailer. I like the idea. Again, it was my idea. Of course, I like it. I like the idea that <laughs> while they're here- they, they work out that Lila is still potentially alive and Rocket was like, well, if she's still alive, I made a promise to her that, you know, we'd get out of we'd here get together. Out of here together yeah. She's on Counter-Earth, which is where the High Evolutionary's base of operations currently is. 
maybe Rocket will still, like, he'll have his surgery done. Uh, they'll probably, at gunpoint, uh, under duress, have some sort of scientist here do an operation on him. You're in agreement? I'm in agreement, yeah. But then he'll need time to recover, so they'll have to make sure that he's sort of out of the way for a little while. Yeah, he won't be he won't be involved in any action scenes. For a while, life. until he recovers. Yes, yes. So, okay, so- they know that Lila's on this Counter-Earth. They weren't aware that Counter-Earth existed. None of them were aware. They also know that High Evolutionary is there, which is the perfect opportunity, as you said before, for Rocket to get his revenge as well. But their their main objective is to go and rescue Lila. Yeah. And it'll be very much Rocket wanting this. Yeah, that's right. He'll, he'll convince the rest of the group that that's what they need to do. Yes. And he's not in a good way either way. So, they're like, well, we've got to do it for him. Yeah. Because he we're may- We're family. We're family and he may not have long to live either way. Okay, Sounds I good. can see it happening that way. So, they, of course, they go to Counter-Earth, where it's an exact replica of Earth in every way, except for all the people are human-animal hybrids. Yep. It's unsettling. Yeah, it's unsettling. They end up in a, like, a big suburb. Uh, they, they say, we come in peace, and then good old Drax chucks a dodgeball at a little girl. <laughs> they all throw rocks at the Guardians. So, I think they'll find Lila living in this little suburb, mm-hmm. and then she will take uh, Rocket sort of under her wing. She's, you know, they're, they're reunited, they have a moment, and then they're like, well, we've got to have a reason for them to go to the high evolutionary. And let's not forget that Adam Warlock is chasing them as well. Yes, yeah, so he's going to be on the tail. He's going to be pursuing the them. When yeah. they're in space, he'll attack them and they'll try to, like, get away from him. Yeah. And he'll be, like, one step behind them. Yeah, exactly. The whole so. Way. Why are they going to the high evolutionary in the first place? Is it revenge for Rocket? Is it, do they need something for him? Maybe they haven't found Lila yet. Maybe. Maybe they go there for Lila. Maybe when they arrive in the planet, they get escorted to the high- We're relying a lot on the fact that Lila is her biggest character as, you know, we're hoping she is. Well, we see Rocket hug Lila, so they've got to reunite. We know that they're going to be reunited at some point. I mean, that could have been in a flashback, but we- Yeah. Like, for the sake of the story, we're just making a lot of presumptions here. Uh, we might not be close at all. It's a guess. It's a yeah. guess. But I think it's a good guess. Yeah. All right. So, they're confronting the, the high evolutionary for some reason. What is our reasoning? We're going to come up with a reason. Lila doesn't want to leave. Well, actually, why wouldn't they confront him? Because True. he's causing all of this this sort of hurt to so many beings. And his whole plan, of course, is to improve the galaxy. So, he's eliminating all the people who he sees as imperfect or is trying to force perfection onto beings that, you know, are living happy. So, he yeah. is a, a, a sort of a conqueror in a way. And I guess, yeah, true. And Lilo could be- So, why wouldn't they want to stop him? Could be trapped from leaving the planet. So, the only way to get her free is to, is to confront him as well. Yeah, true. That could be an element too. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if Adam Warlock showed up and he had like a confrontation with the High Evolutionary yes. and the High Evolutionary is just like, you're the perfect being. Yes, yeah, I think you're onto something great? there, yeah. Like, he initially turns up and they're like, have a scuffle. He wants to, you know, fight him. But then he's, he's like, like no, actually. you're the perfect being. And, and, and good old Adam Warlock being an idiot is just like, oh, me, perfect. <laughs> Except your eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> he starts smashing the place up. Yeah, but like, wouldn't it be great if Adam Warlock becomes sort of like his minion? Yeah. Because, so, Adam Warlock is the dragon of the high evolutionary. Well, yeah, because he's- because. He- the high evolutionary is like, this guy is the perfect being. Well, we've got someone who's very impressionable and very naive and somebody who's very, quote unquote, charming and yes. uh, manipulative. Shakespearean. Shakespearean yeah. villain. So, yeah, I could see that happening. Yeah, I like that. I like that. So, initially, um, Adam Warlock shows up and it looks like he's going to be a rival of the high evolutionary because mm-hmm. he's just there to cause chaos. But then, gets yeah, like I said, gets manipulated because the high evolutionary believes that Adam Warlock is the perfect being. I like that. 
Yep, that'd be something that James. That's good, would do. and then and then that could lead the uh, lead Warlock to sort of turn on the High Evolutionary as well later on. Yeah. So all I can see happening at this point, because I feel like we've got most of the movie so. under our belt. Oh, we'll yeah. see. I, I'm, not, I'm not confident very, at all. It feels very loose. But uh, what else can happen in the movie? Because this is basically where I have a big question mark in my notes. So we know that there's going to be a very explosive finale. Yes. Maybe they destroy this counter-Earth place somehow. Yeah, I could see that happening. But then all the creatures would be killed and they, yeah, they don't deserve that. That's true. They don't. So the only thing that really needs to be destroyed is the high evolutionary. Yeah. And potentially Adam Warlock. Or his facility even. But I could see Adam Warlock coming back around to the good side. Maybe he'll be the one to finally, in the same way that fucking Modoc did in- uh, I think that's exactly what's going to happen. He's going to turn on- Yeah. He's going to turn on the high evolutionary and end up helping our heroes and become sort of a hero himself. I think he will be. Yeah. I like that. Since we're on the same page, let's say that that happens. That's going to happen. Wow. Okay. Oh, geez. I hope everyone's following along. Cause, yes. Because I'm just as confused as I think the <laughs> listeners are. So- so we're very towards the end of the movie, yeah. Yes. So, okay, so the High Evolutionary is wielding Adam Warlock as a weapon. He's using him to fight the Guardians. Yep. The Guardians have got to call in all their old friends, because let's not forget they're going to get in Cosmo the Wonder Dog <laughs> and uh, Sylvester Stallone's character as well. Sure. So the Ravagers have got to turn up to help at some point. Obviously, they've got to because Gamora's here. Yeah. She's their leader. So obviously she can get those guys in to help out in a final battle. Maybe there'll be an in- impressive sort of space fight as well, that's like cool. a dogfight in space. Yeah, Could outside see that Counter Earth. That's that makes sense. Yeah, because obviously they'll want to liberate all of these uh, experiments from underneath the High Evolutionary. Mm. And uh, yeah, geez, where is this going? Where is this going? So let's talk about Star Lord. We've sort of sidelined him. Oh, by the way, this is going to be the first Marvel movie ever to have the word "fuck" in it. That's exciting. We see it in one of the clips. Nice. Which which one? When they're struggling to get into the car. What what do they say? So Nebula is struggling to work out how like a car door handle works. Yeah. And uh, Star-Lord says, hurry the fuck up to her. Fuck, that's awesome. <laughs> I didn't see that. So obviously James Gunn is just doing whatever he wants. <laughs> but these movies are always basically been PG anyway. And you can put a, a fuck word into to a PG movie. Yeah, one, right? Yeah, you can do one without, you know, really worrying about the censors. But it's not like it's TV. Mm. But yeah, I think you can get away with one in a PG movie. Yeah. At least a PG-13. It'll be an M movie here, but anyway. So, yes. So, so Star-Lord. We've got to resolve Star-Lord's story. So, obviously, obviously, him and Gamora aren't going to get back together. He's going to realise that. Yes. So, we've basically wrapped up Rocket's story. So, obviously, they're going to defeat the High Evolutionary. It yes. wouldn't be a movie if they didn't defeat the High Evolutionary. Uh, Rocket's going to get back together with Lila. She's obviously going to join his team. The team's getting quite full at the Huge. moment. <laughs> so, yeah, some people are going to have to either be killed off or leave. Star-Lord will have a nice tender moment with Gamora where he says, you know, I loved you. I loved who you were. Yeah, but you. I understand you're not the same person. Yeah. So, I've just got to get over. i got to love the person that I used to love and not try and force it on she's you. She's lost now. I loved yeah. her and she lo- she's lost. I'll never forget her. Da, 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 da. Yeah, that sort of stuff. And she goes, I know now why you cry. <laughs> it is something I cannot do. <laughs> and then she's lowered into a pit of molten metal. Yeah, done. Movie. Movie done. All right. So, obviously, that's where his character's going to go. Yes. He realizes, oh, I've got the love of my family now. He's proved himself as a leader. Yes. I said before, he, he's probably going to leave. Like, maybe he's going to go leave and do his own thing. But Go back to Earth? Yeah. That's a great idea. I mean, part That'd of be a good uh, wrap up to his story. You know what it would be? Because he's always been running away from yes. Earth. He's always been trying to avoid his you know, problems. He's made peace with himself. He's going to be a normal guy. Also, 
that sets him up for future Marvel movies since he's a superhero on Earth yes. rather than travelling around in space and hard to contact. He yeah. can be a part of Secret Wars with Nick Fury or whatever. <laughs> yes. He needs help. The yes. only person who's got help helping him out is Ben Mendelsohn. What if he goes with uh, Nebula? Nah. You don't think so? Nah. Nah, she's not going to be in another movie. Her, her contract's up. Uh, okay, but he will. That's just, a great idea. So I just like the idea of he's him starting re- a family. You know what yeah, I mean? He's going to return to Earth as a resolved man. As yeah. He's, everything he's running away from, he's going to confront. Everything that he was trying to get back, he's accepted that he's lost. His storyline is done. He's back on Earth, which sets him up with his uh, the other Avengers for future Avengers yeah. movies. And since you can we have, know he's not done. You can have a nice moment where he, you know, visits his mother's grave or something like that. Yeah. Like, yeah listens, finds, you know, an old tape. She's got a box of tapes and he's just like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I was getting so sick of those two tapes. Yeah. Where's he getting his new music from? That's why I want to know. Is he making new tapes when he, whenever he visits Earth for one of these Avengers movies <laughs> or a Christmas holiday special? He just finds another one. He's like, oh, I didn't realize this one was here. Yeah. Shit, where was this 15 years yes. ago? I, I like that. I think that's a nice ending for him. Yeah. Um, it'd be nice if he started And, family, and then Rocket takes over know. his leadership of the uh, the Guardians. Sure. And then Drax is killed off inexplicably. Yeah, Drax is going to kill he had off. A heart, he has a heart attack and dies. No, Drax is going to, you know- He's going to be killed off in the final battle. In the final battle, he's going to go and, you know, be an absolute barbarian and die in a, you know, a whole bunch of bullets. Like, it'll take a whole heap to he kill. He helps to kill the high evolutionary. Yeah. Alongside Adam Warlock, who, who turns against, like, maybe- Killing Drax is what makes uh, the high of... I don't really think they're going to kill Drax, to be honest. But let's just say it for the sake of um, settling in the middle. Because you think yes. all of the characters are going to die. I think none of them are going to die. Oh, I can see Drax at least. So, okay. So, you reckon Drax is going to die. Yes. And maybe it's in this moment where Adam Warlock is just like, hold on. Maybe this high evolutionary guy isn't such a great guy. Yeah. These guys are family. I, I want a family. I've never had a family. As Drax is dying, he has a tender moment with Mantis. They say goodbye to each other. The war- like Warlocks looks at it and goes, oh my God, these guys are nice guys. This guy's an asshole. Yeah. I'm going I'm to be good now. Yeah. He realizes that he wants to be a superhero. <laughs> yep. His eyebrows shoot up like, <laughs> like his Popeye and then he goes into His eyebrows battle. glow. Yeah. Let's not forget he's gold. Yes. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, okay. So, I think, yeah, I think it's a good move to have Adam Warlock be the one who, who turns the tide against the High Evolutionary. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget as well that apparently the High Evolutionary has powers over gravity now. <laughs> who cares? Well, well, it's his planet. Yeah, it's his planet. He can do whatever he wants, but, you know. Yeah. He looks like Robocop. <laughs> Did you notice that? He's yeah. got, like, a metallic skull with, like, the skin stretched over it. A little bit, yeah. Well, he's perfecting himself, right? Yeah, that's well. right. So, that's, that's right. going to be, like, his insecurity, his uh, his vanity showing through. Yeah. I like how we're barely focusing on the high evolutionary at all, but, like, who cares? He's well, not the focus of the movie. I mean, I'd be happy for us to be proved wrong, but I think he's going to be a one-note bad guy. Absolutely. Yeah. The thing Absolutely. is going to be, I'm perfecting the human race, and I am convicted my ideals- to the point where I don't listen to anybody else. But we've seen that before. Yep, yep. We've seen that before. Well, it sounds like we've we've gone as far as we can go. Yes. The only thing we've got to do now is work out what's going to happen in the post credit scenes. Yes. <laughs> so, where, where, where are we leaving the state of the, the Guardians at this point? So, if Peter Quill is leaving and returning to Earth, wrapping everything up, that really only leaves Rocket to take over leadership of the Guardians. Because, obviously, Gamora is going to go back to the Marauders. That's her crew now. Uh-huh. So, we've in, got in Rocket. Nowhere? They're nowhere now? Well, they can go wherever they want. They've got a spaceship. Sure. I would have thought the Guardians would be with them. With the Marauders? Yeah. They don't have to be together. They're two separate crews. Okay. And they've got two separate ideals. One's a group of mercenaries and the other's a group of mercenaries. <laughs> no, they're heroes. <laughs> they're, Hero- they're more heroic than the Marauders. Okay. Yeah, I guess, I guess it'd be nice just to kind of Am leave- Am I getting that right? Are they Marauders? The Ravagers. I've yes. been saying them- Well, they are Marauders. Well, it's the same thing. 
yeah. the ravages. I knew what you meant. But yeah, so I don't know. I think like leaving the Guardians, like, oh, they go off on many other adventures, but we just won't see it. It's yeah, kind of exactly. a nice sort of touch. Yeah, so Lila is now with them. Mm-hmm. Rocket is now in charge of them. Groot's mm-hmm. there. Nebula's there. Drax isn't. <laughs> Drax's body is there. Yeah, Mantis, Mantis is, is there. there. And then that's it. And then all these people aren't coming back. So they're like, well, we're off to guard the galaxy as we do. And then they shoot off, like, and then they leave a rainbow behind them. Love Everyone it. waves. Love it. Well, no, Star Lord is just waving. He's waving from Earth. Bye. Bye. I'm here now. He's standing by his mother's grave. It's right next to uh, Black Widow's grave. <laughs> And everyone else is permanently dead. Yeah. And Elaine from Seinfeld comes and visits him. <laughs> no, they've wrapped that storyline up. We don't have to worry about that anymore. Cool. Oh, no. Actually, no. No, until we have the that Dark Avengers movie. What was that called again? The Leftovers? <laughs> That's basically what it should be called. It's coming. We're going to have to talk about it in the future. Uh, what fun. So, then we're going to have the return of David Harbour. We're going to have the return of Florence oh, Pugh. But, well, that, that's good. We're going to have, like, the oh, just literally all the leftover secondary characters from other shit movies. We're just going to have to- They're all going to be in their own little movie. Fun. It's going to be a good time. Anyway. Okay. Can I say something? Uh, you can say whatever you want. What if there was no post-credit scene? What if James Gunn oh, went, wow. you know what? Fuck Disney. You're not getting one. They've never done that, so... Imagine if they did, though. They're, they're not going to do it here. What are they leading up to? You know what I mean? So, if this is the last movie, I guess it's probably feeding It's just the it. Guardians dancing. They're on their <laughs> ship dancing to music, and that's all we get. Yes, maybe. Maybe a Groot scene. We have- maybe Nick Fury approaches Star-Lord, and he's just like, I'm setting up a team <laughs> for Secret Wars, now streaming on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> Maybe. Can you believe all of that setup that we've been trying to tie into it's, Marvel movies yeah. for years? Is just the payoff is just a, a, a six episode miniseries on Disney Plus. Yep. 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 Great. Great job. Great job, Marvel. Well, we didn't know. So yeah. Well, I don't know why. I, don't, well, I guess it's just a tie, and I don't know why all of their um. I, I guess the the most intelligent thing to say would be like, what TV show are they going to set up for in the post credit scene? Because that's the only reason these days that they have post credit scene is just that is like true. Set up TV shows and not other movies. That is true. Maybe Star Lord will have a cooking show. Maybe Bruce Campbell will still be punching himself. <laughs> Star Lord will have a cooking show. Yeah. on Disney Plus. Yeah. All right. So we clearly have nothing. <laughs> no. When did we ever guess the post credit Never. Scene? We've so never done it. The last time we did uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, we kept it so broad that we ended up being right. <laughs> we said that the villain is going to be doing something nefarious, and that's as broad as we kept it, and that's exactly what it was. Okay, so let's Maybe we've got to work in Kang the Conqueror. Okay. Maybe. Maybe, <laughs> All right. maybe we've got to set him up in some regard. Maybe, like, <laughs> the high evolutionary takes off a mask, and it was Kang the whole time. No, can't see that happening. But like... Uh, yeah, the High Evolution is like, I've remade a new face for Kang the Conqueror. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe the Disney is like, we're not sure about Jonathan Majors after his recent uh, legal trouble. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, High Evolution, can you uh, can you do something? Can you, can you give us a new version? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. Maybe Harry Styles and the little goblin man yeah, from the end of Eternals will finally turn up and do something. <laughs> maybe they'll introduce, like, oh, we've got a new six-episode miniseries on Disney Plus called Harry Styles and the Goblin Man. <laughs> sure. Wow. Do we sound like people who are very tired of a certain movie franchise? We do. We've put in our time with this franchise. I tell you what, I'll, I'll happily watch this one. I'm a fan of James Gunn's movies. I didn't mind the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie, so I'd happily watch this one and hope that it's entertaining. Yeah. I I think it'll be good. I, I don't- Cautiously optimistic. Yeah. I, I don't know how well we've called it, but that could be a good, yeah. that, that's a good thing. 
That's a good thing. Yeah. Maybe we got some elements. I don't feel strongly about <laughs> I this one feel anymore. so bad. This about was this one. an episode where I looked at all the promotion material and I was just like, I have no idea. Yeah, I felt the same way. I have no idea. Every time we do one of these Marvel movies, I go in, I'm like, oh, so that's what they did. Hmm. <laughs> and end up disappointed. <laughs> it's been that way the entire run of the show. So I can't see this being any different. So, do you, the dear listener, <laughs> do you have any idea of what you think is going to happen? Wait, the movie's out. Yeah, yeah, tell us what you think. If you haven't seen the movie, what do you think is going to happen in it? Don't be a smartass and just look it up on Wikipedia. Yeah, don't do that. Don't make fun of us for getting it wrong. We didn't, yeah. we didn't watch the movie. Presumably, we've seen the movie now by the time you've heard this episode. Yeah. So, yeah. What were your expectations versus what they gave us? What were you expecting from the movie? And now that you've seen it, what were your opinions on it? Give us a review of the movie. Why not? You can let us know in several places. You can send us uh, an email at potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or you can just simply leave us a, a comment on this episode's page on our Podbean site. There we go. There We're we done. Go. We're done. We're now done. We, we can go and watch the movie. This will be the second last time we talk about Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Until we talk about Thor, Love, and Thunder. Until we talk about uh, oh, yeah, that's right. the actual spoilers episode. Well, I was thinking the actual spoilers, but yeah. And yeah, but this will be the last time we presumably see these, these heroes. So there we go. How sad. How sad. You don't look that sad, Matty D. <laughs> anyway. All good things must come to an end, Kieran. Yes, true. Like this show. Like you said at the start, I think it's good that they're calling it here. Yes. They're calling it when they're still, like, they've got, you know, they haven't run the 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 franchise into the ground. I mean, like, the Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. franchise into the Not ground. All, so, yeah. it's probably good to, to end on a potential high note. And we both like the Suicide Squad, so we have no qualms with James Gunn at this stage. So, there's every chance that he'll do a good job. But we thought the same thing about Taika Waititi, so... <laughs> Cautiously optimistic. Yes. Let's wrap it up for another week. But before we leave, let's talk about what we're going to be talking about next week. As is standard, we're going back to an episode that we covered in the past and seeing how well we did in predicting the plot of a, of a movie. And the movie that we looked at a couple of years ago that we're returning to revisit is Pixar's Luca. We're seeing how well we did with predicting the plot of Pixar's Luca, which was another movie we teamed up together to do. Yes. So, yeah, I'm excited to see how well we did. I actually already know how well we did. You do too. Yep. So please join us next week when we're going to talk all about Pixar's Luca, which, by the way, was a good time. Can't wait yeah, to gonna reflect a, on a decent movie for a change. It's going to be a joy to watch that movie again. Absolutely. Cook some pasta for it, you know yes. what I mean? Oh, Some pesto. Yes, pasta. we're going to have to talk all about that again next week. But yeah, until we return for Pixar's Luca, we'll see you then. And Quill, your ship is filthy. Oh, she has no idea. If I had a blacklight... Place would look like a Jackson Pollock painting. Yeah, oh, good God, look at the fat man's underwear. Looks like a Jackson Pollock painting. Don't put that in with my things!